Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. And I don't know what you're up to out there, whether you're driving, if you're on school holidays. I hope you're enjoying those. But whatever you're up to, we're super excited that we've got you here to be with us today. And uh, yeah, just super stoked on life. There's some some challenges happening in the world, as you might expect, as you're all probably going through like I am. And uh, that's okay. Because God is good anyway. And uh, we're super excited about what we're going to share today. Today we are going to be continuing our journey through the book of Exodus. And we are smack dab in the middle of the ten plagues that that happened in Egypt um, in response to God's coming to rescue the people of Israel. And we're going to find out a little bit more today about what's going on with Pharaoh. Is he going to keep hardening his heart? What's going to happen? So it's going to be a great show. Super excited to share that with you. For our Testify segment where we hear a little bit about what God is doing in real people's lives today, we're going to be hearing from our friend Heidi from Maitland and a little bit about how God has been helping in her health journey. And we're also going to be going through our question of the week and our our discussion topic throughout the show, so stick around. It's going to be awesome. And before we get any further, I want you to know that you can call or text in at any time during the show to call in with one of two things. You can call in for our question of the week, and today we have an excellent giveaway that we're going to tell you about in a little while, and the first person to call in is going to receive that. But you can call in with any question that you've got about God, the Bible, spirituality, and we'll have a look at that in our question of the week portion at the end of the show. And you can also call or text in at any time during the show to get in your opinion on the discussion topic. And today's discussion topic is, if you could ask Jesus to solve one problem in the world, what problem would you choose? So we encourage you to get your phones out when you're safe to do so, not when you're driving, obviously. You know, pull over to the side of the road, turn the car off, be safe, and then then call or text in. But we encourage you to hit us up with that. You can call or text us at 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. We look forward to hearing from you, and stick around, because the show is going to be amazing today. This is Melissa Otto, Swim.
say happy and free in his embrace. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. This is Real Faith with Robbie Morgan, and you are uh, about to find out some weird and wonderful facts about the world that we live in. But before we do that, I just want to encourage you to uh, hit us up anytime during the show to call in with any questions that you would like to know the answers to about God, about the Bible, about spirituality, not because I know all the answers, but because sometimes uh, getting those questions out there is a blessing, not just for you, but for other people as well. And it's a blessing to me to be able to look at these questions, because sometimes you ask questions I don't ask, and that's great. helps me to grow as well. So you can call in with that, and the first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of a book called See With New Eyes by Ty Gibson. And I've actually read this book. It's a great book. And the book is about the... The picture, have you, have you ever met a Christian and then your picture of God was super distorted because they didn't do a great job of being a Christian? Does that make sense? So many people have this view of God that is not actually a correct view of God and what what Ty does in this book See With New Eyes is looks at the beauty of God's character as revealed through scripture and I just want to really encourage you to call in. If you're calling in with a question, you can be the recipient of that. If you're the first caller in with your question, you can also get in on our discussion topic today, which is, if you could ask Jesus to solve one problem in the world, what would it be? So do that by calling or texting 0491-064-669. All right. Well, are you ready for some weird and wonderful facts, Shell? I am. Excellent. Well, today, because we're studying the plagues, I thought, let's do some fun facts That might come up in our Bible study today. So we're going to start with some fun facts about flies. Ah, which one is that? Is that number two? Uh, I think we're up to number four. The fourth Number four. Okay, Okay. so are you ready for some fun facts about flies? Yes. I love it. Did you know that flies reproduce at very high amounts? Unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Where I, well, one place that I grew up in Southern California, there was a place we visited called Mono Lake, and it's the largest salt lake, I believe, in, uh, in the United States, if I remember correctly. And, uh, man, the ground is covered with flies. Literally, the ground is black from the flies. And then you walk over, and they fly away when you move, and then they come back and land around and on you. So you just swarmed with them. It was the most festy experience ever. But... <laughs> How many do they, how many eggs do they lay is the question. So, a female fly can lay up to 2,000 eggs, which only takes 10 days to fully develop. So, imagine that. One fly, 2,000 eggs, 10 days, fully developed flies again. So, every fly can produce 2,000, every female fly produces two. Wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, so, so if the climate is warmer, they can actually reproduce at higher rates than that. So, that's pretty hectic. But on the plus side, um, if there isn't sufficient food or sources available for energy, a fly can only live for about 30 to 50 days. That's like a fly dying of old age is less than two months. So that's that's kind of w- wonderful, I guess. It's a quick cycle, yeah. <laughs> Something else that's interesting about flies. Do you know how flies eat? Uh, well, they use their legs quite a bit. Yeah, they do. So they don't have teeth. So they walk around and what they do is they vomit on uh, whatever they're eating and that acid starts to break it down and then they (laughs) slurp it back up with their long tongue. So next time you have a fly hanging out on your hand or something while you're eating, just remember that and remember that perhaps if the fly's been crawling all over your food, it's not not your best best choice of meals. (laughs) 
Um, something else that might come up in the Bible study today is um, hail. And so I've got a couple of fun facts about hail, too. Did you know that hail sometimes, so hail is formed by super cooled water in the clouds. So it's, it's water that is still liquid that's gone below the point of freezing. And then it basically adheres to like dust and then forms a little ball of ice. Yep. Now, hail can come in various sizes. But what's fascinating is that the hail is formed up in the cloud. I just learned this today. And because of the updraft in these storms, the, the heated air that's going up from the ground and channeling upwards into the sky like a high-pressure system, it actually pushes the hail up until it gets heavy enough to fall. So there's, there's actually hail like flying around inside the clouds. So if you've ever experienced like intense turbulence, it's possible you were going through a hailstorm in the clouds still. So this is super, super fascinating, man. And one more fun fact. We've got 15 seconds before we go to a song. The largest hail that ever fell in South Dakota in America was two pounds, and it was the size of a volleyball, a volleyball-sized piece of hail. So that would cause some serious damage. This is Catherine Scott.
And Lawson, and you can join us every morning on the breakfast show. We cover news that matters and do our encounter with God. We also have an intense quiz, great giveaways, or inspiring music, and best of all, you can have your say and be a part of the Brecky family. We're live across Australia, so check your Faith FM program for your local airtime. You're listening to Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, as you just heard, and uh, this is Real Faith with Robbie Morgan, and it's come that time of our show where we're going to look at somebody's real life story. We call it Testify, so somebody who's who's living right now and something that God has been doing in their life. So we've got our friend Heidi from Maitland in today. Are you there with us, Heidi? I am. How are you? I'm doing great, Heidi. It's lovely lovely to have you on today. How are you traveling? Oh, so good, so good. I've Excellent. got a story of rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, and Hashimoto's, which sounds really bad, but it really is an uplifting story. I hope I can give some encouragement and hope to people suffering from autoimmune and, and cancer. Exciting. We're, well, we're super stoked to hear what God's been doing in that space for you. But before you tell, our, tell your story, uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm 48 and I'm a school teacher. I've got three children in their teenage years. My eldest is 20 and I've got a 19 and a 17 year old. And yeah, I live here in Maitland. Um, yeah. Very so cool. I grew up on a property. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, well, I'm super excited. Let's dive right in. I'd love to hear what God has been doing in that space in your life. Sure. Uh, so I was diagnosed when I was about 30 with the rheumatoid arthritis um, with pregnancy and the hormonal activity. A lot of women get diagnosed then. Um, I was very lucky. I had my three pregnancies all in a row and um, the, the symptoms all disappeared. So I would have my, my blood tested kind of in the 12 years following and they said my rheumatoid factor was through the roof, but I had no pain whatsoever, which was wonderful. Wow. So the specialist would say, oh, that, that's fine. Come back when you're, you're in pain. We'll, we'll give you some, uh, some drugs for that. Yeah. So I had a major life event. Um, stress is a horrible thing for a person's health and probably about 10 years ago that event happened and I pretty much fell in a heap. I had pain in my wrists followed by pain in my feet. Um, so the, the rheumatoid was back with a, a vengeance. I went on a drug called methotrexate and um, uh, the NISIDs to, to uh, deal with the pain I was in. And I was driving to school one day and I glanced in Maitland is a, a breast cancer mammogram bus and I'd had a test there once before. But on this particular day as I passed it, as I glanced at it, an immediate firm voice in my head said, you need to get that done. And I answered out loud. I said, yes, I will. Wow. <laughs> so I, I ended up getting a recall letter, and I remember at the top of the recall letter it said, don't worry, nine out of ten people who get this letter do not have cancer. But you know what I was thinking. Yeah, fully. <laughs> and, and I was right. So, um, 
Yeah, breast cancer, lumpectomy, chemotherapy, luckily caught early because it's a sneaky, nasty thought and it was grade three, which is a horrible grade to have. Mm. Uh, so sort of hooked in with treatment for that and um, fell at the last hurdle. My last surgery, they opened up to remove a spacer and put an implant in and it was just full of infection. So with the, the big toilet paper grab at the start of COVID, that's my marker for when I was in my 10-day hospital stay dealing with that. Wow. And um, my recovery coming out of that, um, isolation actually was a godsend at that time. It just enabled me to heal at home. But I was like a 90-year-old woman in the mornings. My body pain was just so stiff and sore in the mornings. I would hobble uh, when I got out of bed. I ended up at school limping and my colleagues would be like, oh, did you hurt your foot? And I'd be like, oh, you know, just a bit of the rheumatoid playing up. But in my mind and heart, I'm like, how could this be? I'm 48 years old. I've lived an active, healthy life and I, can, I can't even walk. I couldn't even go on my my daily walk. I had a knee that kept uh, swelling up. I had jaw pain. I couldn't lift my arms above my head some days. Taking a jumper off, you've got to fold yourself in half because you can't lift <laughs> your arms up. So I was in a pretty bad way. And... Um, I'm part of a prayer group here at Maitland and we were just praying for wisdom because we know that there's natural ways to help these things and we just needed to know what the path is. It can be so confusing, so much information, confusing information out there. Um, and I just stumbled across on Facebook a guy called Clint Patterson. Um, if anyone wants to, there's three names that I want to give out to anyone who wants to do their own research. But yeah, Clint Patterson. Um, he has a Patterson program for rheumatoid arthritis and he does a TED talk that you can watch online and his story was my story but there he was running and and healthy and moving and he, there was pictures of his swollen knee and he talked about his sore jaw and I'm like oh my goodness this is my story I was just boots and all in what I didn't care what he said to eat I was just going to do it yeah. um which I did, and um, amazing results. And on his website, amazing results on lots of people giving their testimony. My inflammation markers in my... I do bloods every month, and my last inflammation markers were in the normal uh, range. And also my iron. I've just been perpetually anemic for the last 20 years, and my iron levels are up, my energy levels are up, so I'm just so excited to... Uh, to, to have information of an, a natural uh, way to deal with it. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. kind of where I am at the moment. Yeah. Oh, praise God for that, Heidi. That's such that's so amazing. So if you wanted to catch in with that, guys, uh, that was Clint Patterson, P-A-D-D-I-S-O-N, and you can see the, the TED Talk there. You can search that up on YouTube. Absolutely, and that was the, that's what kicked me off. There's another excellent lady called Brooke, Goldner, Dr. Brooke Goldner, Brooke with an E, mm -hmm. and uh, she healed uh, herself of lupus, and she has a very similar following. They very much sing from the same choir. Um, she does smoothies, green smoothies that have fitted into the program I'm doing with Clint perfectly, and she's got a web, a Facebook page called Smoothie Shred. Smoothie and Shred. And I've been, yeah, I've been following that, and it's just, once again, hundreds of people telling about their good stories, their great bloods, their recovery and reversal of all the autoimmune diseases. She wrote a book called Goodbye Autoimmune and Goodbye Lupus. Mm. 
Um, so I've found her to be excellent. She does live Q&A sessions. I watched one this morning and um, all of these people have podcasts and content that you can easily access. Very cool. Very cool. And, and you said the there was one more, was, yeah? um, The third guy was Chris Walk, W-A-R-K. And if you Google Chris Beats Cancer, he had stage four bowel cancer at 28 years of age and turned it around with um, with diet exercise, yeah. Isn't that amazing? The whole bit. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, Praise so, the Lord. Yeah, like you pray and then these names are the names that fell and they were all in synergy and they all had massive followings, all doing really well. And there's a lot of talk within that community of wanting to scream and shake the, the medical community to wake up to knowledge that's out there because otherwise you're just told that there's no cause um, for autoimmune and what I've discovered is there's a thing called leaky gut or intestinal permeability where large molecules go straight through into your bloodstream and then your body attacks it. Um, so when you know the cause and what causes the inflammation, then you can you can combat it. Otherwise, you're just grabbing every different supplement you can think of or find and to try and figure out what's going to be the magic bullet. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Heidi. Isn't it amazing My that God pleasure. has given us so many ways that we can that we can assist with dealing with difficulties in our life and in our health through through lifestyle change? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. And always pray. I mean, God is so good. He's just, he, he answered that prayer, asked for wisdom, and it, it just fell in my lap. So Amen. I'm happy to share it and hopeful for anyone who's suffering from autoimmune to, to jump on that journey because I feel fantastic. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for that. So keep praying. And uh, if you'd like more information about any of those things, if you missed it, just call or text us.
run of Real Faith. Make sure you join Thursdays at 3.30 for the live show. Gracious and righteous, compassionate, merciful Savior mine, I love Thee for hearing my sorrow and fear, I love Thee for saving my
Well, there we are. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan. This is Faith FM Radio, and uh, we're going to get into our Bible study here in a moment. But before we do that, we would love to uh, go through some of the discussion questions that you've sent in, our responses to the discussion. The discussion topic today is, if you could ask Jesus to fix one problem in the world, what would it be? And uh, if you'd like to get your two cents in on that, you can call or text in uh, 0491-064-669. Let's hear our first couple of responses. Okay. So we've got one from Daniel that says, To fix incorrect theological, salvational issues people have. I hate to think that there are people out there giving their lives to Christ but are doing it wrong. That's heavy. Yeah. Mm. And... um, we had someone who has. I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to butcher their name, so I'm that's all right. Not going to say it. We're Ameri- We're both American in this in, in this studio right now, so we're we're pretty well known for butchering names. <laughs> but he just said the sin problem. Yeah, I think that that is kind of. If you were to epitomize yeah. everything that's wrong with the world, it all that. comes down to that issue yeah. for sure. And Jesus has solved that problem in an already but not yet way, in that He has defeated sin at the cross, and He is soon coming to put the, the, the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, of concluding that problem. So we look forward to that day. You know, one of the things that I really liked about the um, uh, that first comment, too, from, I think it was Daniel, mm-hmm. just we fail to realize how huge the implications are of what we would call a theological problem, right? How often what we believe, theologically meaning about God, it changes our whole worldview. It impacts everything about how we think and act and how we reason and see the world around us and behave in that world. And when we have a right understanding of who God is, that's the clearest way to see a change in that space is to really know and understand who God is because understanding God correctly informs understanding ourselves correctly and understanding the world correctly and then how to relate to all of those things. Mm, that's, yeah. that's profound. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for those thoughts, guys. So if you'd like to call or text in for that, you can also call or text in with your questions for question of the week. We'd love to hear from you. And you can do that also by calling or texting 0491-064-669. And the first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of a book called See with New Eyes that talks about that very thing, seeing the beauty of God's character as it is rather than tainted by the failings of churches, religions, and people. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, send in your question to us. At, again, that number is 0491-064-669. And we're going to get right into our Bible study with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for the privilege that we have today to open your word and the freedom that we have in our current place in history to do that. We know that that's not guaranteed. So we pray that your spirit would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So if you've got a Bible, I invite you to open to the second book of the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, Genesis, then Exodus. And we are in chapter 8, continuing on from our Bible study last week where we started into the ten plagues. And just a quick refresher, you'll remember if you were listening last week that the first three plagues, sorry, the first two plagues were counterfeited by Pharaoh's magicians. But when they got to the third plague, the plague of lice, I think it was, just looking it up in front of me, that's right, making sure I got all my numbers and my plagues all matched up, because sometimes I get those things confused, as you probably do yourself. And it was in that third plague 
the plague of lice, that even Pharaoh's magicians could not perform a counterfeit miracle to do the same thing. And it was at that point that the magicians told Pharaoh, this, this plague of lice is the finger of God. And so far, at every instance of God's miraculous workings, Pharaoh has hardened his heart. So let's continue the story on. We are in Exodus chapter 8, starting in verse 20. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water. Then say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people and you. And you into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I will make a difference between my people and your people tomorrow this sign shall be. And the Lord did so. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. And I just want to make a point, a couple of quick points here before we uh, listen to a song. I think this is a really profound thing that's happening here. So far, the plagues have impacted everybody. The plague on the river being turned into blood, the plague of the lice, and the plague of the frogs. It's impacting everybody. But at this point in the story, God says, All right, Pharaoh, in case it wasn't clear enough that it's me who's working, and in case you didn't, in case you weren't aware that, that this is a distinction, that this is about the God of Israel who's making a difference and saying, My people who want to serve me need to have the freedom to go and worship. He says, there's going to be a difference. I'm going to make a difference at this point in the history of the plagues between your people and my people. And he says, at this point, I'm going to send a plague of flies, and those flies are going to impact your people, but they're not going to impact the land in which my people dwell. It's interesting to note also here that this is the third time, I believe, where it says that God says his reason for doing this is so that Pharaoh and by extension his kingdom, his people, his servants may know that God is the God of the world, that he's the maker, that he is the one who is acting even in the midst of this pagan land. It is the God of Israel, Yahweh himself, who is the God who works. And I love this because God is saying not that we will make a distinction amongst ourselves, but that he will make a difference between his people and those who are not his people. And I love this because that word set apart, if, if I understand it correctly, is, I mean, that's, that's really the definition of holy, right? To be set apart, to be made different. And it's God who is setting apart his people who choose to respond in faith to what God himself says and does. This is lower lights go down Moses. Not stand. 
This is Robbie Morgan on Real Faith. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. And uh, before we get back into our Bible study, let's hear a couple more of our re- responses to our discussion topic today. And the discussion topic is, oh, I've, I missed a couple of letters in that word, discussion topic is, if uh, you could ask Jesus to solve one world problem, what would it be? Okay, so on the Facebook um, responses, there's this Looks like a very wise woman by the name of Shell. I don't know who that would be. She wrote, she wrote, Pride comes before a fall, Shell. <laughs> she wrote, people's lack of understanding of why God has allowed sin and suffering. If people could understand this and the whole battle between Christ and Satan, they would be open to so much more. Dude, so that was me. Dude, that's, that is a really profound thought. Um, I think 
Man, if, if you're listening to the show right now and you, and you didn't understand what was going on there, the question about God's character, is God really love or is God not really love? The whole controversy between Christ and Satan and controversy just means war, battle, uh, you know, disagreement. When you throw in your word there, the mm. battle between good and evil. And, um, the, I, I gotta tell you, there's the best book that I've ever read on that. And it goes through the history of the church and it's super profound is a book called The Great Controversy. And it kind of draws out that theme because that theme is present from start to finish of scripture. The, the yeah. battle between good and evil. And it starts before the earth is even created, right? Like it's profound. And that book really kind of highlights that goes through the history of the church and talks about that. So if you'd be interested to know about that, um, call in or text in and get a free copy of that book. I'll yeah, pay for it if nobody's yeah. willing to do it. So um, if you'd like a free copy of that book, call or text in at 0491-064-669. Cause that is it a is, really profound it is a point. Very, very important book to read. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's hop back into our Bible study on that note because that theme is being played out. Well, I like to call that the great controversy theme, right? The theme between good and evil, the theme between the, the, the accusations that Satan makes against God's character, that he's arbitrary. That, in other words, that he doesn't do things for reasons, he just does them because he wants to do them. The argument that God is not loving, that God is selfish, that God is, is restrictive. All of these things, this, this, this argument against God, this is the controversy, the, the, the battle between good and evil. And the reality is that that battle plays out between your ears and mine, right? In the battlefield of our mind, what we believe about God, whether we believe the truth about God or a lie about God is what's going to define our entire journey of faith. It's going to, it's what's going to define our entire understanding of the world, our worldview. And it's what's going to define how we understand ourselves and others and how we choose to respond in that. And that controversy between good and evil and what we choose to believe about God is playing out in this story in Pharaoh's life in particular, right where we are. So let's jump back into it because that's a great segue. <laughs> the Exodus chapter 8, verse 25. So the flies have come. What is Pharaoh going to do? And it says, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. So what's he saying here? He's saying, you can sacrifice, but you're going to do it on my terms. You're going to do it in the land. You're not going to go out into the wilderness like you've requested, like your God has said. And the interesting thing that Pharaoh's doing here is Pharaoh is saying, I will allow you to do what God says as long as it's within the boundary lines of what I say is okay. This is governmental regulation of God's people in terms of worship, right? This is what Pharaoh's saying. And Pharaoh's point here is very clear. Your God can be God as long as I'm allowed to still be God. <laughs> right? And, and his point here is, I am God. I am the leader of the country and I am the one who's in control and you can do your worship. I'll allow you to, here's a little gimme, but only so far as I am still truly in control. But this isn't what, this isn't the way that God works. So it, in verse 26, it, it, it continues and he responds. And Moses said, it is not right to do so. For we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not stone us? In other words, put us to death? Verse 27, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us. And I love this. I love this. This is super profound. What's going on here is, is amazing. He says, look, 
What you don't understand, Pharaoh, is that what God is requiring of us, the sacrifices that are pointing forward, right? The sacrifice of the lambs, the sacrifice of the oxen, etc. All of this is pointing forward to something. It's incredibly significant. All of this is pointing to, to at least two things. It's pointing forward to the death of Jesus, primarily that's its main function. And what that reveals is, it reveals the nature of sin. Sin leads to death. It has serious consequences. And the only way to solve the sin problem is for God to take it upon himself to accept the consequences of sin on our behalf. This, this picture is all pointing forward as the, as a, a living parable to understand how salvation is going to work and how God is going to rescue humanity by grace through faith. And this, is, is, is gonna be misunderstood by the Egyptians because of their beliefs about the, the, the deification of animals in their spiritual walk, right? The, the uplifting of their gods, their pagan gods who are, or fashioned after things like cattle, right? He says, this, it's not gonna be okay for us to do this here. You're gonna tell us that and then people are gonna wanna kill us for, for doing what God has said because they're not gonna understand. He says, so we gotta do what God commanded, not what you command. We need to go out into the wilderness. And I love this. The reality is that Moses is standing up tall and strong and saying, we must choose to obey God rather than governmental agencies when they are in conflict. We choose to obey God, whatever the consequences, whatever the, whatever Pharaoh can do, whatever Pharaoh can lay out. God's allowed him to have a measure of control in the world. But the reality is that Moses is saying, you are not God, Pharaoh. And whatever you do to me, I will choose to serve my God as he commands if that's in conflict with what you have to say. This is Paul Brandt, Flee as a Bird.
Create some people to be condemned and others to be saved. Is Sunday a God-ordained day to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus or a pagan festival in honour of the sun? How could the church condemn millions of people to the flames in the Middle Ages and rob them blind today while still claiming to represent God? The End of Time is a series of Bible-based presentations that will tackle these challenging questions and more. Please join us Wednesday through Friday, 8 p.m., July 14 to August 6. That is Wednesday through Friday, 8 p.m., July 14 to August 6. For more information, go to the End.Digital website, Facebook page, or YouTube channel. Did you know that 80% of Faith FM's operating budget comes from supporters like you? It takes 700 people just like you giving just a dollar a day to keep us running. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and partner with Faith FM today. And for just a dollar a day, together, we can reach Australia with life-changing messages of hope. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You are listening to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan on Faith FM. And uh, before we go any further in our Bible study, I'm getting all riled up in the studio, excited about what we're studying. And um, before we get into that again, let's hear from another discussion response. So again, our discussion topic today is, if you could ask Jesus to fix one problem in the world, what would it be? Okay, and we have... Tegesia, Tegesia, I think is her name, um, says healing was a huge part of Jesus' ministry while on earth, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So yes, healing. And that kind of goes along with our testify for today too, I guess. You it know, certainly how, does. How valid and important healing still is. Totally, totally. And we have a little short one here to restore peace. Ooh, that's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Two little words. Important. Very big. Important. Unlikely to, to, to happen by man's means. In fact, impossible for, for it to happen by man's means. But Jesus mm. is coming soon, and he will restore that peace. Mm. Ooh, I love it. All right. So if you'd like to get in on that discussion topic, or if you'd like to call in with a question that you'd like for us to explore in our question of the week portion, there's still time to do that. First caller in for question of the week specifically is going to receive a free copy of a book called See With New Eyes by Ty Gibson. It's a great book. I've read it myself. And... Um, talks about the true beauty of God's character. So if you'd like to understand why why do I and so many people believe that God's character is incredibly beautiful, this is a great place to start. So if you call in with any question, you can do that um, and you'll win that. You'll get that free copy. You can do that by calling or texting. I know you're dying to know the number and here it is. 0491 064 
Double six nine. That's zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. All right, we're back into Exodus chapter eight, and the story continues. So Pharaoh said, "I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me." Isn't that interesting? I love how he's just like he's got to get his little bit in there. Isn't this so human? Isn't this so unfortunately relatable? Right. I'll admit and I'll allow because I'm in need, but I'm just going to try and keep my little semblance of control that's going to make me feel like I've still got some control. All right, verse 29, it continues. Then Moses said, Indeed, I am going out from you, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. But let Pharaoh not deal deceitfully any more in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses. He removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. And there you have the fourth plague, the plague of flies. I love what Moses says there. He says, hey, don't, don't continue to act deceitfully. You know, sometimes I think there, there's a time and a place to tell truths that are hard for people to hear. And I need to be a, the recipient of that as well. I need to not just be willing to give hard truths at times, but be willing to receive hard truths at times. Because what Moses is doing here by identifying the fact that Pharaoh has been dealing deceitfully is he's giving him an opportunity to to recognize his behavior and to choose to continue or to modify it. And I love this because this is something that needs to happen in all of our lives, mine especially, right? I need to be willing to hear that. And there are times where difficult messages must be given. Are we going to be like Pharaoh? When God comes and speaks to you, or when God comes and speaks to me and he says a hard truth for us to hear, when he identifies behavior that we're acting out that is harmful to others, to ourselves, when it's out of alignment with his character of love, are we going to respond or are we not going to respond? Are we going to soften our heart and respond in repentance, respond in belief, or are we going to respond by hardening our heart and putting up a wall and saying, you're not welcome here? I hope we can do the former. All right, chapter 9 continues. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep, a very severe pestilence or disease. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead, but the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. I find it very interesting in this passage that so far the plagues have not, have not had an enormous impact on the economy of Egypt, right? With the exception of the first plague, right? 
the first plague on the river had a huge impact on an economy. But then, I mean, the frogs, that's not really a big deal in the sense of it's not bogging down the finances of the country. It's not costing significant amounts of money. It's, it's a severe nuisance. It's disgusting, et cetera. Lice, flies, all of this stuff. But when it comes to this, God's actually impacting the economics of the entire nation. And at this point, you would think that Pharaoh would be willing to wake up to himself and to realize that he is the person who can make a move towards change. And yet he refuses to, he continues to refuse to listen to God. silver and it's gold And you have to get along with me, good Just remember in his word how he feeds a little bird Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there Leave it there Oh, leave it there Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there Trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And if your body suffers pain and your health you can regain, and your soul is almost sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel, he can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there Leave it there, oh leave it there Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there And if you trust Him through your doubt He will surely bring you out Take your burden to the Lord and leave it Your heart begins to fail. Don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. And He will make a way for you, and He will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, oh, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. 
trust and do your doubt He will surely bring you out Take your burdens to Lord and leave them And if you'll trust Him do your doubt He will surely bring you out Take your burden to Lord and leave it there Take your burden to Lord and leave it there You're listening to Faith FM Radio and this is Real Faith with Robbie Morgan. Before we get back into our Bible study time, we're going to have a look at some more discussion responses. So our discussion topic today is if you could ask Jesus to fix one problem in the world, what would it be? So Zane has this to say. I believe this is not a relevant question as the world is going to pass. The prayer we should be praying for is that Christians are preaching the truth of the Bible and not falsehood. Having our eyes set on the life of life and kingdom to come should be our prayer and that we through through God can reveal it to others. Very interesting. I agree with that on principle on a few levels and there's a couple things in there that I'm not sure that I totally agree with, but I very interesting comment. I think, well, everyone's like, well, what do you think? Yeah, probably? so it's what do you weird. not agree with? What um, do you agree with? <laughs> sometimes I think we just have to be mindful that on the one hand, yes, this world is going to pass, but that doesn't necessarily mean that nothing in this life matters. It, like Jesus heals physical, tangible diseases. His primary reason I believe he's doing that is so that people will believe in the things that he's talking about for the future also. However, he does physically get down on his hands and knees and, and fix people's problems. And that's significant too. Mm. And I think that the, we can do, it's a both and thing rather than an either or, I believe. But anyway, yeah, lovely. Great thought. Yeah, one more? Give us one more. Rebecca says, famine in third world countries. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, one of the challenges with a lot of these problems is a, a lot of these problems we have, we could have a lot to do with, right? Famine in third world countries, if a lot of that could be fixed by humanity. We, we actually have enough food to basically feed the whole world if we were to manage better how we, how we distributed it. But it, that's an interesting thought. Mm. How you get people to do that is another question. But anyway, it's a huge problem, isn't it? Hunger is a huge problem. It's been a problem around since as far as we can, as far as we have history basically going back, because you see it even in Genesis, famine, people not having enough food all the way as far back as Abraham, so pretty hectic. All right, let's jump back into our Bible study time. By the way, if you can call or text in if you want to get in for our last discussion comments, if you want to get any in, they'll go on our, our next little segment, so you can do that by calling or texting 0491-064-669, and if you've got a question for us for question of the week, you can call or text in at that same number, and uh, there's there's still time, so get them in. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we're still waiting for our first caller, so... Yeah, it could be you. This book of See with New Eyes by Ty Gibson, exploring the beauty of the character of God, could be yours if you do that by calling or texting 0491-064-669. All right, we're back in Exodus chapter 9, verse 8. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh, and it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt. And it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven. And they caused boils that break out in sores on man and beast. 
And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So we're, we're up to like six plagues now. The sixth plague is boils. And I don't know about you, man, but I've had a boil, and it was a very, very unpleasant experience. And that was just one boil in an unfortunate location. It was on my rear end, and sitting down was incredibly painful. Um, I also had a broken vertebrate in my spine at the time. So it was not a great time. But the point is this. At this point, you got to be thinking to yourself, when you get to the point as Pharaoh where even your religious leaders, your magicians, the, the, the religious leaders of your, of your, of your, your system, they have been so heavily impacted by what the God of Israel is doing that they can't even appear before you to give you advice. You've got to start thinking, maybe there's something to what Moses is talking about. Maybe I should change my, my mind and allow this God to get what he's asking for. Right? Like, surely, at this point in the story, this is what you'd be thinking. But at this point, it says that, that, that his heart is hardened. It says, it, it, in fact, this is the one of the few places where it says God hardened his heart. But it's interesting to note that just over and over, his response to what God has been doing leads him to reject God's request. And it's, it's interesting. And I, I think it's interesting to note that when we refuse the blessings of God, when we refuse the offers that God makes when we refuse, and by the way, God's commandments are one of the ways that he gives us blessings, right? Like imagine the world where everybody followed God's moral requirements, right? No adultery, no lying, no murder, etc. The There is blessing in the actual command itself, right? Like the world would be so much better of a place to be if everybody had that, that morale, that, you know, operated by that moral compass. And yet when we refuse to do that, the impacts are never just on us, right? If I refuse God's requests, the impact is never just on me because I impact those around me, those under my influence, those under my rule and my leadership. And Pharaoh is impacting the lives of his own people because of his stubbornness, because of his refusal to to follow what God is calling him to do. He is impacting those around him with negative consequences because nothing is isolated, Right? We're talking a lot about isolation at the moment because we've got a, you know, a global pandemic, all of this stuff, but nothing happens in isolation in terms of character, right? What impacts me and my character impacts those around me. So at this point in the story, surely his, even his magicians would be starting to get the idea, man, perhaps, perhaps we should start following. All right, let's continue on because we're going to try and get through at least one more plague today. Verse 13, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know, fourth time, that's been said, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. In other words, all the gods that you have served, Pharaoh, all of the beliefs that you have held, they don't stand up against reality. He says, I'm the only God that there is, and I'm demonstrating it to you by showing through these plagues that I have power and authority over the very gods that you claim to have power and authority over these things, over the Nile, over the flies, over the cattle, over your health and wellness, over all of these things, I am actually sovereign, not the things that you worship. 
And at this point, he's saying that the purpose, he repeats again the fourth time, the purpose of all of this is so that you may know, not just intellectually, but experientially, that I am the Lord God who made heaven and earth. There is none like me. I'm it. All of these other things that you have worshipped are false. They're fake. They're not even real. And now's your opportunity to respond. This is Randy Travis, Through the Fire. Question certain circumstances or things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision, and my frustration gets so out of hand. Yes, then I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand the test alone As I look at all the victories The Spirit rises up in me It's through the fire my weakness is made strong He never promised that the cross would not get heavy listening to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan on Faith FM Radio. And uh, do we have any more discussion 
Responses? Yeah, we just have a couple of short ones. Awesome. So our discussion, the topic again was, if you could ask Jesus to fix one problem in the world, what would it be? Yeah. Um, So Lloyd... Um, said sin as well. So we had a boom. That's the root sin. of all the other problems. By yes, the way, that's, right. that's the answer right there. <laughs> Andy says, "I think he is fixing it already." Mm. Which, which, yeah, is a very good response. I like that. Um, Caroline says, "COVID virus," because yeah. that's an, a pretty big problem in the world at the moment. Yeah, and. We had another one that seems to have disappeared from my screen, so I, I don't know the name of the person, but I remember what they said. And they said death. But then they said, but I think, but, but oh yeah, he fixed that one already too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, when, when Jesus comes, we're going to see the fruition of all of these things, and we're getting closer and closer. And I tell you what, when I look around at the world around me, it just seems getting, like, it, things... In my lifetime, I've only been around for 33 years, but I've never seen things happening like they're happening now, the pace that they're happening. Even, even when you consider things that have happened in the last century, there, there are movements that are happening now that could not have happened then because of the advances in technology, etc. And it's, it's very interesting times that we're living in, and Jesus is coming soon, I believe. So let's make the most of the time that we have now. Hey. I love it. All right. Well, you have one more chance, by the way, to get in with your questions of the week. So I want to encourage you to call or text in. If uh, if we can't get to them all today, we can get to them next show. You can also send those in anytime if you're like, oh, I never think of them during the show. You can call or text or send them to us on Facebook during the week as well. But you can call or text in with your questions by uh, the number is 04, sorry, 0491-064-669. And our first caller in today is going to receive a free copy again of See With New Eyes, Exploring the True Beauty of God's Character by Ty Gibson. All right, well, let's see how much more we can get through today because I don't think we're going to get all the way through the 10 plagues just yet, but uh, we're going to try and get through them hopefully by the end of the next show. All right, so we are back in Exodus chapter 9, starting in verse 15. And God is continuing his speech. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. In other words, you would have died. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet, you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause very heavy hail to rain down such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. That's pretty serious because we just heard that the biggest hail that they had recorded fall in America was almost a kilo and it was the size of a volleyball. You wouldn't want that to hit you. Like Once once it gets to golf ball size, you're talking damage. You like need to run it gets to baseball, cricket ball size, and we're talking it's like sounds like fireworks when it hits the ground. So this is pretty hectic stuff. Verse 18. Behold, tomorrow... Oh, I said that. Uh, verse 19. Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. I love this. Like, like think about this. God is pronouncing his judgments upon Egypt for their unwillingness to let God's people free, right? For their unwillingness to let God's people worship him as they are called to do. And in the midst of this, he says, here's the judgment. If you're not willing to respond, this is going to be the consequence. Hail's going to come and it's going to be so heavy that it's going to kill everything that's in the field, including the people and the animals. 
So he encourages them. He says, so bring your people and your livestock in undercover. And what's amazing about this is that God, by the way, God is not in the business of just destroying Egypt and all of the people in Egypt. God's purpose, again, was that it, by his own mouth was that they may know that he is the Lord. And guess what? The Lord is interested, according to Second Peter 3, verse 9, in the repentance of all people, including Pharaoh, including the, the Egyptians, including the servants of Pharaoh, not just the people who know his name right now already. God's desire is that all people should be saved. And what does he do? He gives not only a distinction between his people and those who are not his people currently, but he gives a warning and says, if you belong to Egypt, this is what's coming. And here's what you can do to avoid the consequences. He says, take your livestock and your servants and bring them out of the fields undercover, under protection. He's giving even those who do not serve and worship him an opportunity to avoid the consequences of their responses. Right of Pharaoh's response, they can now distinguish themselves against, uh, I guess not against, but out of alignment with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is in disobedience to God, but they're able to avoid the consequences of that if they heed God's warning. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's incredible. Verse 20, he who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. And at this point, it is people's own choice that is differentiating them between those who are hearing and obeying God and those who are hearing and not. Hey 
not as real as it could be why you ask because this isn't the live show so as good as this is the live show is where it's really at join us every thursday from 3 30 to 5 30 p.m so you can be involved live
You are listening to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan on Faith FM Radio, and uh, I was going to say, "What time is it, Shell?" But unfortunately, we we haven't got any questions this week, so we're going to uh, we're going to continue our Bible study. Um, we are back in Exodus chapter nine, and uh, hopefully, we can get some questions for next week. That'd be good. Uh, we are back on chapter nine, Exodus chapter nine, and we're continuing in verse twenty-two. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand toward heaven." that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. That's a pretty big storm. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. So notice that God had still made this distinction, this distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. But I love this. I love again that the, the, opportunity was given to the Egyptians to either bear the full brunt of the consequences or to not based on their willingness to respond or to not respond to God's warning. In verse 27, it continues, and Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron. And he said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous and my people and I are wicked. I just want to pause there for a moment. He says, I have sinned this time. So I want to point out something here. He's recognized there's, there's, there's a mixed emotion here. On the one hand, he sounds repentant. But on the other hand, he's not willing to recognize that he was also wrong all the other times. And this lack of willingness to take accountability, this is not true confession. And I want to highlight this because this is huge, man. I remember, I think I may have told this story before on the radio, but I remember once my, I, I was in primary school, I think, and I, I said some very nasty things to my grandmother and she cried. And I remember feeling really bad about that because I didn't like that she was crying, but I was also still staunchly in my position, right? And I came and I apologized to her and I said, I'm sorry, grandma, that I, that I said this. And then I said a, a short three letter word, but, and then I continued to explain how I was in the right for just, for doing what I was doing. In other words, I apologized, but I was justifying my behavior. That is not true confession. And the, if Pharaoh is doing that right now, he's saying, I have sinned this time, right? He's not acknowledging that he had sinned the other time because it's exactly the same. And the other time, because that was exactly the same. And that this seventh time <laughs> is just like the other six, right? And that, that same lack of willingness to accept accountability and responsibility for his actions, for his own choices, that he was in the wrong, is a false sense of confession. It's a false sense of repentance. It's not real. And if that's how we approach God, we cannot expect for him to accept that because it's not real. We can't trick him. He knows all things. 
So I, I just want to encourage you and encourage myself, remind myself that true repentance, true confession requires a, an, a real recognition of responsibility, all of the responsibility, and not pointing and blaming and picking and choosing. Verse 28, he continues, Pharaoh says, Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. Isn't that interesting? And I love, I love here that God has been keeping no secrets from Pharaoh and from the people. Moses is always telling them, Hey, just so in case you, just, just to be sure you don't mistake that this is God who's doing this and removing the plague just as much as he's giving it. I'm going to tell you exactly when I'm going to go talk to God so that you can see that when God responds, you'll know that it's God who's talking to me. And that evidence has been given time and time and time again. Continuing on, verse 31. Now the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head, and the flax was in bud, but the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are late crops. And I think this is worth noting. Not only was God giving them warning, you can remove your people, there were still going to be consequences, because the truth is, God is merciful, but there are still consequences to sin, right? If if I go and live my life in a way that's out of accordance with God's will, you know, I'm living a, a promiscuous life, for example, or I'm living a life full of lies. I can repent and God will forgive, but that doesn't necessarily mean there aren't any consequences in life. We still have to deal with consequences, but notice, they could remove their people and their beasts of burden from the field and the consequences would be minimized by responding to God now, right? And not only that, God was merciful in that he didn't do this plague when all of the plants were ready to be ripe, but he did it in a way that allowed for the wheat and for the spelt not to be struck because they could then have food. So he, he was allowing in the midst of all of this judgment, again, there's mercy over and over again. And I just, I love this because it highlights to me that God is just and God is merciful. He's this perfect blend of these two things because love is not all justice and love is not all mercy. Love is the mingling of justice and mercy mixed together. And I see it just so powerfully in this story. Verse 33. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, spread out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more. Well, how did he do that? How did he sin more? It says, and he hardened his heart. He hardened his heart and his, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Oh, so interesting here, right? Like how often do we think that we're repenting of the action, but we actually are not sorry for the thing itself, just for the consequences that we've had to experience. That's not true repentance either. Repentance means to turn, right? To turn from one direction to another direction. Now, this doesn't mean that everything's perfect all of a sudden. This doesn't mean that you never make any more mistakes or blah, blah, blah. It's none of that. But it's, the reality is you're standing in the same spot, but you've turned direction. My face is not pointed in that direction anymore. It's turned towards Jesus. It's turned away from the things that have misled and and caused harm to others and to myself. 
And I love that in this story, we just see this profound sense of God's mercy available to all. And the horrifying part is that so many people, even after seeing the results, continue to refuse to accept that mercy in their life. And the reality is God can't force us to do anything against our will. We must deal with the consequences of Have our decisions. Have you ever heard a story that woke inside your heart? Longings you could not express. Like maybe there is something so much better than you dreamed. And it's the answer to that aching in your chest. Have you ever wanted to be better than you knew you could be? Or experienced something beautiful that filled your heart with peace? It's in your honest moments, in these beautiful things. You have heard Jesus, you've heard Him calling. He has been knocking. Jesus in, let Jesus in, 
Josie Minicus, Let Jesus In. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie Morgan on Faith FM Radio. Oh, I love that song. That song touches my heart so, so significantly every time I hear it. And I, I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, the reality is that this is, that, that song I think kind of sums up the real life application of this, this section that we've read, this chapter and a half of scripture. The reality is that when we look at what Pharaoh's, like what's going on with Pharaoh, we have to realize Pharaoh was a person. He was an individual, just like you, just like me. He was a man with, with a story, with an upbringing, with a past, with a future, with a family, with relationships, with contribution to society. He was a person and he was a broken person, just like you and just like me, a person in need of a savior. And what's incredible about this story is that in the midst of all of these judgments that were pronounced on Egypt, God again and again and again says that even Pharaoh is not beyond God's willingness to seek out for him to be saved. Even as an individual, the individual who is in direct opposition to his people and to his plan, even this man, Jesus came to save. And if God came to save even that man, then the reality is that Jesus came to save you just as much as he did come to save Pharaoh. And the only difference is what we choose to do with that. The reality is that Pharaoh had the opportunity to choose to know God in the midst of all of these things. We've gone through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven plagues so far. And every one of those, there was an opportunity for Pharaoh to respond. And over and again, it says that Pharaoh chose to respond to the calling of God on his heart by hardening his heart, by closing the door, so to speak, on God's entrance. But he didn't have to choose that way, and neither do you have to choose that way. And so I want to encourage you, if you have been on a path where you have been hearing the voice of God and you have not opened your heart to him. I want to encourage you, let Jesus in. Today is the day that could be the changing of direction of your entire trajectory of life. And let me tell you, as somebody who has made that decision in my life, that with all the ups and downs that have come with following Jesus, it's incredibly better than everything else I ever had before it. And there's one thing in this world that I believe is never worth letting go of, and that's his hand. And he's here and he's willing to take yours. So I just want to encourage you, if that's you today, whether it's the first time, the fifth time, the 500th time, I encourage you, take the hand of Jesus. Let him in. What are some other practical things that we can take out of this story? I think it's important to note that Pharaoh had a lot of time, but at some point time runs out. right? Like we, We've only got so many opportunities to respond because the reality is, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We could get, I could get hit by a bus on the way home and God forbid, but, but they could happen. And the reality is that Pharaoh in this story, he's, he's choosing to reject God's call over and over and over again. And I, 
I, I, there's so much danger in that, right? Like this idea of I'll just put it off till I'm old. I'll just put it off till I'm close to death so I can do whatever I want now and not feel guilty and blah, blah, blah. And I used to play that game. I used to think that way. But the reality is things can change in an instant. And what we are doing now with every decision is we're making patterns of decision. We're making habits of how we're going to choose to respond. And our choices actually matter. One of my favorite quotations from C.S. Lewis is from a book called The Screwtape Letters. And he says this. He says, the more often he feels without acting, or the more often one one feels without acting, the less one will be able ever to act. And in the long run, the less one will be able to feel. Right, And here's the point. When you feel conviction and you choose to say no to it, when you feel God calling and saying to you, make the decision today, and you say no, what you're doing is you're creating a pattern of saying no. And the less you will be able to make that action, right? the less you will be able to choose otherwise. But in the long term, the more you say no to the thing when you have the feeling, the less you're going to actually feel the feeling. For example, if you feel convicted to pick somebody up on the side of the road who's hitchhiking, right? This is a real life example for me. The more I have that conviction to do that and then say no, the less likely I am to ever do it. And then in the long term, the less I feel even the conviction to notice the person on the side of the road who needs a hand. And I experience that, you know, put it out of my mind, put it out of my mind. And then the less I even notice it. Right, So the same thing is true of all sorts of decisions. So when you hear the voice of God calling, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make the choice. Don't put it off, because the more you put it off, the less likely you are to ever make that decision or to even feel the need of it. Never underestimate the power of your free will. There's another application I think that we can take out of this. At the end of all things, you're either saved or lost by your own choosing. Right? Jesus paid the price for every single soul. And this means that everybody has opportunity to respond in faith to God's gift of grace in Christ Jesus. Make the most of that choice. And the reality is that your free will and the power of your choice is not just applicable on spiritual matters, and it's not just applicable on salvation matters. It's applicable in the rest of your whole life. Like, your choices really matter. I said this a, a, a while ago, but the you make your choices, and then in the end, your choices make you. Because what you choose to do has an impact, and those impacts then decide the rest of your life. So what we make as patterns of our decisions will change the trajectory of our life. And the power of choice undergirds even the principle of love. Like, this is a biblical principle. In order for love to exist, there must be freedom to choose, by definition. Otherwise, it's not actually love. And because God is love, the principle of freedom undergirds everything that he does. So my big thing, this is like the the big application out of today, is choose wisely. Make your decisions based on the outcomes that you want to see happen in your life because God has given you the gift of free will. Use it. Use it. Don't let it go to waste. And I want to encourage you to use it to choose to respond to God's gift of grace to you. Well, that's the end of our show for today, my friends. And uh, discussion topic for next week, if you want to get in edgeways, is what spiritual gift do you wish you had and why? Make sure you stick around for drive time. It's going to be starting up just after this. And whatever's going on in your life, as you think about these stories, remember that real faith is lived faith. 